Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 261. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice. It was day six today of training camp, Eagles training camp, that is. It was hot as hell out there today. Uh, Humid, gross. In fact, it was so bad, or they projected it to be so bad, that they moved the practice up from 10 o'clock to 9 o'clock. Uh, which was an appreciated move by me, but certainly the players as well, I'm sure. Uh, the Eagles will get to their some new injuries that they have and uh, the action of the day. But before we do, I know I'm, I know I'm hankering for some meat for some meat snacks. So Brandon, where can I find those, my good friend? Righteousfelon.com. Discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go check it out right now. Except don't you actually do that, Jimmy, because we have a podcast to do. But uh, yeah, it's maybe after the pod. Yeah. yeah. Uh anyway, anyone else can pause the pod who's listening and, and do it right now or or do it after, but just don't forget. Jimmy. But just I do it. Like you just do it already. How dare you? Just do it. Do it What's already. Problem? The Eagles have a lot of news to get to, I feel like, uh, in terms of injuries, at least. I think we should yeah. lead the show with that. Through training camp thus far, there haven't really been a lot of big names on the injury report. But that changed on Thursday with Devontae Smith, the groin issue. Mm-hmm. Jordan Mailata, concussion. Andre Dillard, also concussion. So your, your top two options at left tackle. Yeah. They're all the new names added to the injury report, all missing. You should note that Zach Paschal was upgraded to limited. He did some work in one-on-one, mm-hmm. still not in team drills, but at least he got him back. So that helps a little bit. That's a positive. Um, I also wanted to mention that Quez Watkins was full today after leaving practice early on Tuesday. Um, and really big news, Richard Rogers, Dick Rod, That's uh, right. a- activated from the, the active slash pup list. So he's back in practice. Uh, but Jimmy, sounds like Devontae Smith is day-to-day. Nick Sirianni said they're being cautious with him. Mm-hmm. Um and then with Mylotta and Dillard, I mean, that just wasn't ideal, I feel like, for today's practice to be <laughs> down to your third string left tackle uh, with LaRaven Clark. And probably not unrelated, it wasn't the best showing for the Eagles' offensive line. Yeah, LaRaven Clark uh, struggled mightily today, not only in 11-on-11s, but also in one-on-ones. Um, it was interesting to see them go to LaRaven Clark. I was wondering if they might try Jack Driscoll out at left tackle with those two guys out, but it was LaRaven Clark. Um, uh, Coyote Awashika was the second and third team left tackle, and it didn't go well for, for LaRaven. I think uh, Coyote was fine against, uh, you know, the third stringers and the second stringers, but um, 
poor LaRaven got eaten up all day by uh, Josh Sweat got him a couple times. I think uh, Patrick Johnson had a sack on him in one-on-ones. The first time I've ever seen Matt Leo have like a highlight play, mm. he was able to to beat uh, LaRaven Clark in one-on-ones. So I had actually done a, um, and we'll get to Jalen Hurts, I think, at the at the end when we do stock up, stock down, we'll save that to the end. Sure. Um, but um, I had done like a, a, a player review of LaRaven Clark just out of curiosity to see if they had a capable backup left tackle in case they were to trade Andre Dillard. And uh, I didn't love what I saw out of him when he played last year. It was sort of notable that they put LaRaven Clark in the game, uh, in the playoff game after um, uh, Layden Johnson went down uh, with yes. an injury during the, during that Bucks playoff game. And they inserted in uh, LaRaven Clark at right tackle and he, I mean, the argument is the, the the counter argument for in favor of Andre Dillard might be okay. Well, um, he doesn't play right tackle, but they could have also moved Jordan Mailata over to right tackle and mm-hmm. inserted in Andre Dillard at left tackle. But they opted to just put Laraven Clark in at right tackle. Um, we may as well note here, and I already said this during the last podcast, I think that uh, Andre Dillard has had a much better camp uh, so far this year. So um, ideally for him. He'll be able to get right back on the field as soon as possible so he can kind of keep up the positive momentum that he has established so far through his first five practices of camp. Uh, But the longer he's out, you know, hopefully that doesn't affect him uh, in any way. But after kind of seeing what we saw today from LaRaven Clark, it makes you kind of pause a minute and think, uh, should we just give up Andre Dillard for not that much? Like I think you got to get some really tempting, uh, you know, uh, trade compensation in return if you're going to trade a guy like Andre Dillard because I think we saw today that um, you're playing with fire if you have to put in somebody else uh, at left tackle if should Jordan Mailata go down. Yeah, I think we've both said that they shouldn't just be looking to trade Dillard just to trade him. You have to get mm-hmm. the right value, but I think there is a price point where it does make sense. I wouldn't just say <laughs> I'm not trading him. What do you think you that is? Pick. Oh, what do I think that is? Uh, I feel like if we're getting a third from a, a team that could be bad, I think I, I might okay. pull the trigger on that. Like you know, not high a, three then. Yeah, good three, not like a three from you know, let's say like the Chiefs. Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. We both went to the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they could, in theory, need a left tackle. I mean, I guess Dwayne Brown uh, reported, whatever. Anyway, Orlando. Um, what else went on one-on-ones? Because I did not get a chance to see them when it came to the offensive line, defensive line. Anything noteworthy? Yeah, let's do that because you watched seven on sevens. I watched. Yeah. You kind of have to pick and choose whether you're gonna whether you're gonna watch seven on sevens or or O line D line one-on-ones. And uh, what I saw in the one-on-ones was. Uh, 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 excuse me, Larry Clark, again, like I said, was just bad in the one-on-ones in addition to 11-on-11s. I've liked watching the battle between Landon Dickerson and Javon Hargrave mm. so far. I felt like uh, Landon Dickerson got the better of him the first day that they had O-line, D-line, one-on-ones, which was Monday, I think. Um, Hargrave got the best of Dickerson the next day on Tuesday, and then I think Hargrave broke the tie today. He got the best of Dickerson once again. Um, I mentioned Jack Driscoll a minute ago. That poor guy has had to face off against Brandon Graham Mm. (laughs) in pretty much all these O-line, D-line one-on-ones. 
And Brandon Graham is just killing him. But I don't think it matters whether it's Jack Driscoll or somebody else. Like maybe Lane Johnson would handle Brandon Graham a little better. But I mean, not a little better, probably a lot better. But Brandon Graham just is awesome so far in this camp. He and I mentioned in my notes, I don't know if I mentioned it in the podcast, but he is, you know, he's a Super Bowl hero who he's 34 years old. He's coming off a major injury. It'd be really easy for him to just take it easy during a training camp in his what? what what's this? His 11th, 12th, 12th season. In the he's NFL. 34 or years thir- old. Or is it 13th? Is it his 13th season? He, he was drafted in 2010. Yeah, so 13th season then. Um, and he doesn't. like He doesn't take it easy. He's, he comes out and he competes like he's an undrafted rookie free agent just trying to make the team. And it's really fun to watch him kind of go all out on every snap, every rep in one-on-ones. And, I mean, you, you also hear him chirping quite a bit when the defense does something good, like when he's not even, like, in on the play or whatever. He had a, a few nice plays today where he got into the backfield. And that guy, I mean, I, and I've I've talked about him the entirety of camp, but it's it's hard to not keep mentioning him, mentioning him because he stands out in some way every day. And I think he's going to go down as – one of the best Eagles ever when he decides to hang it up Um, and good for him because of the way his career started with, you know, the bitching about, you know, the Eagles not taking Earl Thomas justifiably. So from the fans perspective, I think they were warranted in, in, you know, sort of pining for Earl Thomas. I mean, the guy was defensive player of the year, one year in the NFL. And then Jason Pierre Paul was another guy that uh, a lot of that who had a lot of success with the Giants early on. The Eagles fans and, you know, I think just critique, you know, critics of the Eagles were, um, you know, sort of critical of uh, the Eagles passing on him in favor of Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham uh, wound up being a really great player for a long time for the Eagles. Um, I think also Cam Jurgens. Uh, has continued to to play well. He finally got beat in one-on-ones today for the first time uh, since the beginning of camp. But um, more specifically, what I liked uh, from what I saw to him today was in a goal line 11-on-11 situation where he was able to um, get positioning on Jordan Davis, turned him, and sealed him off. And Kenny Gamewell snuck in right behind him for uh, a touchdown on that play. Really good block. I was impressed by, and I have been impressed by Cam Jurgens through the entirety of camp so far. That guy can play. If Jason Kelsey weren't on the team, that guy could start in his rookie season. No question, in my opinion. So I think they have a find. Out of, again, we, we kind of question the use of resources on the center when you already have one in the second round. But um, after seeing him these first six practices, I would like to recant all that because that guy can play. And when Kelsey does hang him up, they have it. They have a center, in my opinion, for potentially the next decade. Well, again, it'd be nice, like though, in in one, some <laughs> ways, if he could actually be playing, though. Yeah, like, yeah. and that's what well, we're not. We don't need to get into all that again. Um, who did? Uh, who beat him? You said he got beaten. Do you remember? I believe it was Rennell Wren. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was uh, somebody who you, you know, like, like I remember the year Lane Johnson at the Super Bowl year, the the only sack that he gave up all year. I know was, who it was. You know, you, oh, let's hear it. Who do you got? It was, Le- was his name Ledger? Deucible? Yeah. <laughs> that's correct. That's very good. I'm not surprised you knew the answer to that, but that's very impressive that you knew that. On the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, um, you know, that'll happen. The the uh, you know, sure. the, the second or third stringer will get you some. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, Renault Ren, is a, he's been in the NFL. He's like a veteran mm-hmm. player and Jordan is a rookie. So, you know, you could, you just, it might be a case of, you know, I, I know a little bit more than you do at some point. Uh, he's also a big guy, if I'm not mistaken. So that could be, you know, another factor. Yeah. Not that. Uh, Jurgens. Well, he was playing. Jurgens was playing guard for whatever that's okay. worth on that rep. Sure, another position too. He he is he clearly is not have experience at, and admittedly mm-hmm. so, at least extensively. Uh, on Brandon Graham, all time Eagle. I've said it. I think I've said this for. I remember tweeting this after. I guess he had a forced fumble in the Giants game uh, in 2020. So. Mm-hmm. I have long maintained this, and I continue to beat that drum, that if you're making a Mount Rushmore of Eagles players, I think Brandon Graham has a strong case to be on there. Just Not just in terms of like most talented players to ever play for the Eagles, but like all-encompassing, like you know, good guy off the field, as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, in, like, huge impact on the franchise's legacy. Like When you put it all together, the story, the narrative, all of it, I think when you put that all together, Brandon Graham is like this all-time Eagle. Um, an Eagles player you're proud to root for. And the longevity, there's something to be said for that too. I'm not sure. saying it necessarily like negates <laughs> what Earl Thomas has done in his career, but guess what? Earl Thomas has been out of the NFL for multiple seasons. Brandon Graham is still like in his prime and still kicking. Yeah. Like there's something to be said for that. It's not everything, sure. but it's something. And uh, I'm thinking here, and I've quietly kind of been like thinking about this, and like, is it possible Brandon Graham has like a career season this year? Like I don't, I don't think that's insane. The in terms of at least his long uh, sought goal of getting double digit sacks. I don't think that's like out of the question. I, I'm not going to bank on it happening. I'm not saying it's more likely to happen than not because, you know, it's it has been this long and it hasn't happened. And he kind of tends to be a better hurry guy than sack guy. But like, I think it's possible. I think it's possible he could get there. Um, so really good to see from BG. He's been dominant in practice. Uh, what was the other note that you had? I'd be curious how many players, I don't know, last 10 years or so have had players over, you know, 34 years of age or older have had like 10 sacks, for example. Who was the guy in the Bills? I feel like he kind of is like a prototype for that, a little bit different. Yeah, um, Lorenzo uh, Neal, am I thinking oh, of? Oh, uh, Lorenzo Alexander. Sorry. He was like a special teamer for the majority of his career with yes. Washington. And then, yeah, he, out of nowhere, he had a big season for Buffalo. You're right. Yeah, so, you know, it's not necessarily a one-to-one there, but I and I do think, you know, it's not. I think pass rushers kind of can. So I remember Jonathan, was it Jonathan? John Abraham, what was his name? The Falcons guy, Jonathan Abraham, right? Yeah, Wait, uh, Jets originally. Is that here? I think of? he had like a you know kind of some of his stronger seasons later on in his career. Uh, I'm looking at, yeah, uh, Alexander at age 33 had his first double digit sack season. He had 12 and a half. Okay. Um, so it's totally it's not like there you go. that's something to look it up. Yeah. Write a post on that, buddy. I'm also looking up Abraham. Um, he had, uh, he was a good player earlier on in his career, but he was still going strong into his late thirties where he had 13 sacks at 32. He had 10 sacks at 34 and 11 and a half at 35. So again, not, not like impossible that that could be done. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Dickerson, uh, our good friend, I believe Brian Baldinger, Baldy had a post recently for NFL.com about offensive defensive uh, players, offensive line, slash defensive line, I should say, players who could kind mm-hmm. of have breakout years. And he put Landon Dickerson oh, in there. Okay. And I don't think that's necessarily like earth shattering, but I, it's something I feel like he might have, he's kind of fallen between the cracks a little bit because of all the pieces and moving parts. I think it's a big deal that he comes into this training camp 
uh, solidified at one spot as opposed to last year. It's like, where's he going to play? Is he going to play guard, right guard, left guard, center? Like, wh- where's this position going to be? And then he wasn't even taking reps at all because he was injured uh, until basically the, after the regular season started. So I think that's kind of going to make a big difference for him, for him being healthier. And then just being next to Jordan Mailata too, most of the time, who is just, you know, a big, powerful, strong, good player. So uh, I, I definitely think that is worth highlighting by you. Moving outside of the trenches, I guess, and onto the team, the big story of Thursday's training camp practice, as you highlighted in the title of your notes, and same for me, is that the defense clearly won the day. Yeah. It's kind of like an interesting conversation. I want to get your thoughts on this, Jimmy, in terms of like, okay, how much is, is the defense playing well and how much of it is the offense struggling? I think you have to give the defense credit for – yeah. Now, the pass rush taking advantage of a weekend offensive line and getting to the quarterback often. Uh, I also think the quarterback held onto the ball for a long time at times and gave the defense opportunities to get uh, the pass rush to get to him. Now, at the same time, he's also probably holding onto the ball because the coverage looked really good. It wasn't like there yeah. were guys just running wide open all the time and Hertz wasn't able to hit them. Uh, I still think that doesn't mean that doesn't totally excuse hurts. I think there are times where, you know, you're going to have to throw into tighter windows and kind of make some plays happen there. Um, when there's mm-hmm. good coverage, a good throw can beat good coverage as we know. Um, so I tend to think it's a mix, but, uh, what about you? I thought the defense played really well. So yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. So there are some times in training camp practices where, you know, like the offense struggles or whatever, and you wonder if, if, you know, did the defense make them struggle mm-hmm. or did they just suck today? <laughs> and uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it was that they sucked today so much. I think that they were, you know, having both of their, the first, we're talking about the first team offense here. I think having the top two left tackles out was a big and Devontae factor. Smith. And Devontae Smith. Um, but, but really more so the two tackles. Like, I mean, again, like I said, Raven Clark was just getting destroyed all day. So that's not good. But then also, um, I thought like just the back seven made plays all day. I mean, mm-hmm. there was they, they were flying around the field. TJ Edwards continues to have a really, really good yes. camp. I thought Sean Bradley had a really nice day today, too. Um, and then the guys in the secondary, one of the guys that I, I think that is sort of having quietly having a really good camp, too, is Vontae Maddox. Like we saw how good Quez was last year in training camp. And I think Quez has seen a lot uh, of Avante Maddox this year, whereas Quez last year was maybe feasting a little bit on like second team corners. This year he's getting a lot of Avante. And so Quez has won his share of of, uh, battles in that matchup, Mm -hmm. but Avante's won more than his share as well. And there was one play in particular in red zone drills where it was like a double move. um, It's almost kind of like a triple move. Quez, you know, had had you know had time to, to try to get open. He tried a couple of different things, and Avante was just all over him, like flies on poop. <laughs> and uh, like Avante's just been really good, uh, I think, throughout camp. And um, you know, that's that's sort of an underrated guy, maybe that can make a because what was last year his fourth year in the league? Um, I think so. Twenty eighteen. That's a guy who who maybe can. Um, well, I think, I think that we don't think of guys that are already on the team for four years or so mm-hmm. as, you know, having the potential to make a, a big jump. Uh, but I think he's one, uh, he, you know, played slot corner. Really. We think of him as a slot corner because his body type is one that 
is suited to that position, but he didn't do much of it either at Pitt or Mm -hmm. in his first three years with the Eagles. He played a lot outside corner with the Eagles. So last year was his first full season. I kind of feel like at slot corner. Um, and he'll be heading into his second season pretty much strictly as the slot corner in 2022. So, um, you know, I think he's potentially primed for a big jump this year too. I thought Quez was carving up Maddox in a practice, a one-on-one session. I believe it was last week or a little earlier in camp. But I today, remember that year earlier in camp. Yeah, yeah, but today it was very much Maddox who had the upper hand in that battle, which I think is good. That's what you want to see. You want to see, you know, Quez winning some of those battles. You want to see Maddox yep. winning some of those battles. It's a good mix in that case. So I definitely agree with you on that point. Um, yeah, I, I think I lean more towards giving the defense credit, but I do think, again, the offense could have been reasonably better, not to the point where they sure. were necessarily dominating practice, but they could have looked a little more functional than they were. I think it comes down to, and I'm touching on Hertz here, but like there's just some reps where it's just hold on to the ball forever and forever. And it's just like, I'm watching paint dry here, Jimmy. There's just, I'm watching grass grow. You're just <laughs> holding on to the ball. And it, I've said this before, but I'll say it again because I continue to see this theme. It kind of seems like real feast or famine in terms of Hertz is getting out the, either getting out the ball really quick and making a quick, like decisive decision. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Or it's, you know, hold on to it, hold on to it. There's no like in between there. There's no like, okay, kind of read through progressions, then hit a guy but like kind of quick. It's just either like hold on to it, nothing's there, or really quick. And I just feel like there needs to be a little bit more in the middle there sometimes that we're not seeing. Um, so that's kind of, that's where I think, you know, the offense has been, was bad today. And, you know, there's some other issues too, like Kenny Gainwell had a bad drop at one point. Yeah. Um, there's some, so there were some miscues in that regard. It wasn't just the defense making plays. The defense didn't make it easy on them. There was some bad offense, um, but yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other observations that stick out before we take a break? Yeah, um, I think uh, so. I have two players that I want to that I want to single out here, and they're both third string guys. Uh, Burton Covey mm-hmm. is it Covey or Covey? I think it's Covey. Whatever. Um, very active today. Caught a ton of passes. Uh, kind of carved up the third string defense. Um, I thought the third string offense actually was the one unit on offense that was able to actually do some stuff today. Mm-hmm. And he had a ton of catches today. Um, one of which came from Reed Sinet on a, um, it was a Angle slant route. route. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, I think, was he lined up in the backfield on that? Because it, he did kind of break to the outside initially, mm-hmm. uh, at the snap and then he cut in. So yeah, angle route is probably the better way to describe that. Sinet hit him right in stride. And he just walked in for a touchdown. Um, and that leads me to the other player, Reed Sinet, mm-hmm. <laughs> who uh, he had, a, I thought he had another strong day. And there was one play in particular. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say that this is my play of the day. I'll just get that out of okay. the way right now. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But he made, he made a play today where he dropped back. Wow. Nothing was open initially. Stepped up in the pocket. Um, bought some time. Kept his eyes down the field. Then ran to the left. Kept his eyes downfield as he was running to the left finally found uh, an open receiver fired on the run. Great pass to Carrick Wheatfall. Wow. I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly or not, um, but found him, you know, on the money uh, near the sideline uh, again, throwing on the run to his left, no less like he's, I think he's actually kind of decent <laughs> like uh Reed Sinet. So he's better than, you know, any of these young 
third string quarterbacks that, you know, like he's better than Nate Sudfeld, in my opinion, for sure. I mean, that's not a huge, that's not a great, you know, high bar or whatever. But, you know, Sud had his moments uh, occasionally Mm -hmm. in in, in training camp. Um, I'm curious to see what Reed Sinette does in the preseason game. I know that you've mentioned in previous podcasts that. Pro Football Focus had him rated as like the number what well, the number four yeah really quarterback highly. in the preseason last yeah. year, and uh, I actually looked up to see if I could find that uh, to, to find like you know highlights of that game or whatever. It was against the so he had one game last year that he played pretty much the whole game uh, against the Bengals, and he had like three hundred and sixty five three hundred sixty five yards or something mm. like that, uh, two touchdowns. He actually uh, made a phenomenal play at the end of the game to win it at the end of that game. Uh, for Miami in their third preseason game. But there are the highlights of him. It's like, yeah, okay. I've seen stuff like that in training camps before. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of recognize that a little bit. But then he also made plays like on the run that I really hadn't seen until today. Like that play that, that he stepped up and ran mm-hmm. to his left and, and fired on the run. Uh, but there's zero question right now who the th- number three quarterback is between he and uh, Carson Strong. Like he is miles ahead of uh, Carson Strong at this point, and I have, I released my uh, 53-man roster projection after the first week of training camp this morning. I have Reed Sinet on it right now. Would he be on yours if uh, if if you had published one today? He would, and I think it's it's a it's not Sinet versus Strong anymore as much as it is Sinet versus Will the yes. Eagles keep a third quarterback? Yeah, and if he looks good, I think you have to keep him because he's young enough. And Gardner Minshew is going to be a free agent and probably be somewhere elsewhere after this year. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's your backup next season. And there's value in that. Like having a decent a guy who looks decent and knows the system and can be your backup quarterback and be cheap at that. So I uh, absolutely think it would be worth keeping him around as long as he doesn't totally like Nick Mullins bomb out in preseason. I think, uh, yes. and I think he's worth keeping around. I do agree with you that he did some good things. I will say, uh, I don't know that he's pushing for number two. By any, I don't think you're saying that. I don't think he's no. pushing for the number two <laughs> no. spot. Uh, no, Minshew's the two. <laughs> Minshew had his best day, I would say, of training camp today. I thought he made some good throws. He had a fade uh, pass to Noah Tangiai for a touchdown with Jaquiski mm-hmm. Tart trailing at one point. Um, some other good plays. I have in my practice notes. I wrote them down. So I thought Minshew had his best day today, and he kind of needed that because it wasn't the best camp for him. Um, yeah. Also, some other quick things I wanted to highlight. Hassan Reddick popped out to me at one point when – Okay. The Eagles actually ran a couple of like option plays in practice where, you know, Hertz was running and then he pitched it to a running back and Reddick Sanders. Was... I saw it to the right yes. side. Reddick, yeah, it was miles. Reddick was in position to make a tackle on Sanders on the right side. There was another play on the left side where Davion Taylor was like ready to wrap up Boston Scott. He was in position to make a tackle continues to be a good sim- summer for uh, Davion as mm-hmm. well. Um, I'm looking else. I'm looking elsewhere at my notes here. Reed Blankenship, your boy. I think he continues yeah. to pop among the third stringers. Not enough to necessarily to make the team, but I think like practice squad lock right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can make the team if he really, you know, balls out further. Yeah, preseason games. Yes, like possible, but not right yet. I wouldn't put him there. Still nothing from N'Kobe Dean, which is not the end of the world, as we've talked about. But yeah. I, I, I kind of want to note it every day because I'm still waiting for like <laughs> one flash. Yeah. Uh, and, and the last thing I had, as I kind of run through some quick things here, A.J. Brown, like... <laughs> I think he's been feasting on Darius Slay this summer. Like compared uh-huh. to Bradbury, who I think had better coverage on him. And again, I'm not trying to rip Slay by saying this because I think Slay had a good year last year. And this is mm-hmm. kind of more a testament to AJ Brown's strengths. But I mean, he's just been, he's been like a slant machine. 
Slay has not had an answer for him. Today there was a rep where uh, AJ Brown kind of like faked a move to the outside during red zones and then with his release and then just cut quickly inside one on one, easy touchdown. He just, it's making it look easy. It doesn't even look like it's like a play worth noting sometimes, I feel like, just because it looks so easy and it looks like that was so routine. Uh, but that's how good he is. Good player. He he avoided having, you know, any one particularly bad game in 2021. Slay, we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2020, if you'll recall, <laughs> he got roasted by DK Metcalf and Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And what they those two guys have in common is that they're big physical receivers. And so is A.J. Brown. Yep. And actually, it's probably a good thing that he's getting all this work in against A.J. Brown to kind of better prepare him for those types of bigger receivers should he need to cover one during the 2022 season. Cause the Eagles didn't offer anything like AJ Brown at all in like recent camps. So he's been sort of a different player that, that we've been able to watch in, in these practices so far and that he can just totally out muscle anyone that covers him. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break here, but not before we hear about righteous felon craft Jerky, which you can get by going to righteous felon.com and using discount code bgn20 for 20 percent off your order righteous felon craft turkey is the best place in the universe some would say to get snacks meat snacks specifically although they have non-meat snacks as well a lot of different things available to you it's free to check out the website righteous felon.com doesn't cost you a thing you check it out you wow. see if there's anything you like it's a deal it's quite the deal And then if you want to get something, again, use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. Limited time only. It's going to go back down to 15 at some point here. So you want to use BGN20 before it goes back down to BGN15. Get that extra 5% off. That's a little pro tip for you all. Jimmy. Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. 
back here on BGN Radio, day six of Eagles training camp. We're over a week by the point which training camp started, which was Wednesday, uh, July 27th or whatever it was. Anyway, um, Jimmy, we're almost actually halfway through training camp because the Eagles really only have 14 practices, and this is the sixth practice. But um, why don't we get into our awards? But before the awards, it is the Jalen Hurts stock report. I thought it was an interesting exercise today to uh, come up with this because I, I wasn't totally sure as much as I was the other days. I, I totally don't think it was a stock up. I don't think anyone can argue the case for right. stock up. No, there's no, there's no argument for that at all. It's either. And I saw some people saying, how could he not be stock up if he was 10 for 15 with two touchdowns and zero interceptions <laughs> because his stats were put out there. His stats were put out there, by the way, by Elliot Shore Parks, who we had on BGN radio. Uh, and I asked Elliot and you were in front of me when I did this, Jimmy, after practice, I was like, where would you have Jalen Hurts today? Would you have him, you know, stock up, stock even, or stock down? And he said it was like clear stock down. And I didn't even like lead him on that. Like that was his opinion. So I don't want to hear the stats thrown on my face. I think I was having a hard time between <laughs> stock even and stock down because I wanted to give him some benefit of the doubt in terms of, okay, you're missing both of your left tackles. You're missing Devontae Smith. But the thing about that is like, you know, there's going to be games in the regular season where you're not going to have the perfect situation around you, especially in the future when you're not on your rookie contract and the cap resources are more limited. So it can't just be like, well, he didn't have the perfect situation, so we couldn't possibly expected anything good for him today. Like that's that's not how it works. I ended up going with stock down for him. Do you think that's too harsh? So uh, in regard to Elliot, real quick, I'll uh, just note here that uh, after practice, sometimes I'll refer to Elliot's notes, not notes, mm-hmm. but the stats that he has compiled throughout the, just I'm curious, because uh, I'm curious, like, you know, how many passes he attempted and how many hit the ground and how many didn't hit the ground. Um, I don't think the touchdowns yeah. are... They don't, they're meaningless. They were in seven on seven in the red zone. (laughs) Right. So if you're in seven on seven in red zone, it should be a touchdown on like half of those reps. Yeah. (laughs) It's like like really really how it should go. Probably you'd probably be scoring a touchdown on more than half of those reps. Red again, red zone, seven on seven. And weren't they even tighter than like just the 20 yard? Yeah. They were like from the 10 or the the five. So they have, like, you have to like rack up a crap ton of touchdowns in, in during those drills and to see only two, again, I didn't watch seven on sevens. So, uh, or did I know? Yeah, I noted that already. No. I didn't yeah. watch seven on seven. So I don't know what they look like, but if you only had two, that's not good. Like if, if you're looking at that, you owe two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. If you're in a gate, a real like NFL game, that looks great. But yeah, you gotta be lighting it up when you get seven on sevens red zone. I think two of you know his, what I mean. I think two of his best passes, to be fair, came in seven on seven. Uh, one yeah. he found AJ Brown in the back middle of the end zone, threaded, yeah, a thread. How would you? Do? He threaded, threaded the, needle. the needle, if you will. Yeah, that was a good throw. And then he had another one to AJ Brown over the middle, where it kind of looked like it was behind him because AJ Brown had to slide to catch it. But I actually thought that was on target because I thought Hertz kind of put it in a place where he wasn't going to allow a defender to get a hand on it and intercept it. He put it in a place where AJ yeah. Brown could make a play on it. It wasn't the perfect ball in a perfect world, but it was the, it was the right ball for the, the context of the situation. So I thought those were two good throws, but then he had two reps in seven on seven where he just ran. He took off running It's seven on seven. <laughs> yeah. What are you like? What are we yeah. doing here? 
Um, and he that's not like uncommon. I was getting on him for this couple practices ago for doing that uh, again. And then he also almost threw a pick to TJ Edwards in seven on seven. So he had some of his best work in there, but there were some struggles too. He, he should have like, that was very close to being picked off by TJ Edwards. Like it was the refs ruled it incomplete. It looked like a pick to me at first glance, Mm -hmm. but they ruled it incomplete. Yeah. And seven on sevens. If um, like you, if, if somebody, if a receiver isn't clearly open, you want your quarterback to at least quote unquote, throw that receiver open, mm-hmm. throw it, throw it in a spot where he can make a play and the defender can't. Um, it's okay. If you like just take off and run or don't throw it at all on a really rare occasion when just right. nobody, when the just nobody sack. is open, like very clearly nobody's open, but when you're doing it to the, to, like as, as, as often as Hertz has so far this camp, that's not ideal. Um, I don't think he did anything bad today like I, I didn't think he had like any egregiously bad throws like inaccuracy wise um decision making wise but also he didn't move the offense at all like during yeah. 11 on 11s they the just, offense, was the offense was it was dead it was just a dead unit the entire day like three and out kind of stuff uh throughout the entirety of the day and um i mean i can't give him anything other than a stock down today because mm. i just didn't see any progression today so like remember the other day when i said i i gave like i didn't think he had a particularly uh great day or anything like that but i thought that he progressed in some areas like putting the ball in a spot where he allowed his receiver to get yards after the catch or getting the ball out a little bit more quickly or you know throwing to the middle of the field to the left side of the field which he didn't like to do much in Mm -hmm. 2021 at least we saw some progression there even if it wasn't a great day but i didn't see really anything uh today that that showed any kind of progression so i don't think i can give him anything other than a stock down even though uh again he just didn't do anything horrible Mm -hmm. but he didn't do anything really all that positive either i think that's fair I measure it a little bit differently than you, which is fair and fine. It's just a podcast. It's not that serious. And I think it's interesting to get different perspectives and viewpoints. I kind of had it. I had an open mind, right? Going into writing my notes, I had written down a bunch of things about him in practice and I was going to write it all down like I usually do and then come into a determination how to classify it at the end. And what I came down to is there was more bad than good. So I I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I guess I'm just going to go stock down on that. Uh, And then again, just kind of a broader perspective, like the offense wasn't good. And that's not necessarily entirely on the quarterback and always on the quarterback. But at the end of the day, more often than not, it is. So I had to go with that to stock down for Hertz. Yeah. Yeah, If this defense is is suffocating the offense, you look for the quarterback to pull him out of it and, and make a play. And I think maybe in a real game, maybe he can jumpstart the offense with a run where he's not going to. He's not going to do that in a practice like this because he's trying to perfect, not perfect, but get better uh, from the pocket. So maybe that's, maybe that factors in too. But again, he just didn't get in. He just didn't do anything today to, to kind of jumpstart the offense. My MVP today is a guy who I've already given a point to, but I feel like he earns it. And it's TJ okay. Edwards. He nearly right. had an interception in seven on seven. He almost had another one that ended up just being a pass breakup in 11 on 11 when the Eagles were kind of in crunch time towards the end of practice. And then he also had a play where I believe it was 11 on 11 red zone where they kind of ran like this little screen or like this little, um, I don't know what you would call it, like a play to Goddard where he's almost like shielded. Like he's kind of like, he's there's like a receiver running a route over him and he's kind of like shielded underneath from that. And it's yeah. like a quick throw. 
and it's a nice design but tj edwards sniffed that out and got in front of goddard and had him wrapped up for like only a two-yard gain he totally mm-hmm. just blew that play up so you're seeing you know he, he can do it all he, he's the eagles best linebacker we've talked about that before not necessarily their most athletic linebacker but he is their best all-around linebacker and he deserves an mvp point so i gave him one again yeah i didn't see the uh, near interception that he had but he also had a uh a diving pass breakup today too. Yeah. I kind of, I just um, said that I, I threw that oh, in there. Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, uh, definitely a, a worthy selection. I'm going to go Britton Covey. Okay. Covey just cause he was, he just cut passes all day. He was, and just over and over again was, was showing up today. And, uh, I don't think that outside of the top five receivers, um, and of course we're referring to Devonte Smith, AJ Brown, Quez Watkins, um, Zach Pascal, I guess hasn't done anything yet, but, uh, Jalen Rager has, has even had, uh, some, some decent days, but aside from, like outside of those five guys, I don't think we've seen like a really strong performance by a wide receiver yet. Like I think Dion Kane has had, you know, a few okay days, uh, but I don't think we've seen anything, you know, all that great from, from the other guys. And today I think was the first time we did see that. And that was, you know, via Britton Kobe. I want you to go first with your LVP. Should be obvious, uh, right? Isn't it Larry Clark? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's Raven Clark, no doubt. It's easy. Mm. <laughs> and then I already, I already, I already beat up on the Raven Clark enough. I'll, I'll, I'll spare him any further damage. I didn't really watch him a ton because I didn't see one and ones. I wasn't keyed into him as much in team drills, so I kind of have like a hard time just doubling it up on him. But honestly, I don't have a great contender here. Do you think it's too harsh to put Hurts? Yes. Okay. Well, then I want to do it anyway. Screw you. No. <laughs> um, I'll I'll jump on to your Clark bandwagon and put him. Who else would you even put? Like who were the who were the contenders today? I can't. I think it's very clearly Laraven Clark today. Okay. I, like Devin Allen, he dropped a pass in one on ones. Devin Allen's he, not going to make the team, by the way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, Carrick Wheatfall dropped some passes, although we had that catch that you highlighted from Sinet. Mm-hmm. So, and also I don't, I don't love picking on the back of the roster guys. I'll do it. Sure. I've really no one else to put. And then we have to put someone there. Uh, and, and I do think will William Dunkel might be like the worst player on the roster. So when he kind of, <laughs> it's extremely bad too. Poor guy, but uh, okay, we'll do, we'll double you know up. What, on... by, the, by the way, what, could you mention Dunkel? I think he has, the, is he the guy that has the same number as uh big Marv? 73. He's uh, Dunkel is seventy three. Uh, I know Big Marv is seventy three. Let me uh, yeah. look up Dunkel real quick. I meant to mention Big Marv during uh, yes, you're right one on ones, and I forgot him, and I didn't. Big I don't Marv. have him in my notes either. Big Marv had a, had a day today too. Wow, Big, Big Marv. Marv. Big Marv. To be clear, we're talking about Marvin Wilson, <laughs> who undrafted uh, defensive tackle. Uh, the Browns, I think, signed him initially, and mm-hmm. then they cut him. And the Eagles claimed him. Uh, or actually, they didn't even claim him. They just signed him right to the practice squad. So he was never on the, season, on the 53. Yeah. He was like uh, like a four or five-star recruit coming out of high school. And at one point in his college career at Florida State, was thought of as a potential first-round pick. And then he fell off and wasn't. But that guy could play at one point, And he had a good day today. I think he's sort of an under-the-radar guy to kind right. of keep an eye on. Some good defensive defensive tackle depth that the Eagles have between a Rennell Wren and a and I was talking to Bo Wolf who we just had on. He said he, he likes some of the things he's seen from Kobe Smith as well. So there you okay. go. 
Um, I will say Harvey Smith keeps keeps tricking me because his number is fifty. Yeah, and he's not a particularly tall guy. Yes, and I've I've looked at him a couple guy a couple times. And I was like, wow, that's like a fat linebacker. Who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, oh oh, it's a defensive tackle. Okay, that makes more sense. Who was that really big <laughs> linebacker who was on the Steelers and then he was on the Eagles? Um, Levon Kirkland. Yes, I was just looking up his Wikipedia page the other day. I forget why. It's crazy that like he he's was near as good 300 as three hundred pounds, dude. That's insane! I can't, I can't believe he was as good. It, as he it was, was a different era of football, but even even in even the different so, era of football, he was he was huge. Like, yeah, you just look at him; it doesn't look right. A guy that tall and big standing up and like dropping, like being you know, an off ball linebacker, but he uh, got torn apart in the Joe Jarrovicious game. Hmm, tough playoff game against the Bucks. The more modern. He and uh, Blaine, Blaine Bishop was the safety. Blaine Bishop and Levon Kirkland they just got destroyed in the middle of the field. Uh, I thought Javon Hargrave had a good rep today, by the way, where he, I think he pretty much would have sacked Hertz. Again, it was during that crunch mm-hmm. time sequence where he was pretty close to him. I, I can't say for sure since he has to pull up ultimately, but uh hadn't really noticed him as much in camp as I did last year, obviously, and I thought that was a good rep, so good for him. Really kind of interesting situation with him, by the way. Have we talked about that before? Like how he's on the last year of his deal, and yeah. he's like 29, and they just drafted Jordan Davis, and they've kind of extended or like restructured guys who are older like slay and lane johnson who you think would be long-term pieces so i kind of wonder like how he fits in yeah i wonder if they're just not restructuring him because they just instead would prefer to get a uh like a contract extension done like actually extend him years down the road as opposed to just kicking the can down the road on his contract also his can has already been kicked down the road whoa He's got a lot of void years on the back of uh, on the back of his deal as it is. Talking about, so I don't know they want to add here. more. <laughs> I don't know that they want to add more to it, and I don't know if this is a, a quite an apples to apples comparison, but it's noteworthy that the four guys that they signed to contract extensions last year um, all happened in season, and mm-hmm. we're, we're referring to Dallas Goddard, Avante Maddox, Josh Sweat, and Jordan wow. Mailata. However, all those guys were on rookie contracts. So a little bit of a different scenario in that they weren't making any money when they got their contracts, whereas Hargrave already is. So I don't know if that's a quite apples to apples, but they did happen in season. Would you sign TJ to an extension in season? I think uh, if he, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they didn't wait to see if Josh Sweat like was going to perform in the regular season, they yep. saw enough and Jordan Mailata for that matter too. They, yep. th- they saw enough of them in training camp and joint practices to be convinced that they were, you know, worthwhile contract extension candidates. So maybe that's all it takes for TJ Edwards too. Maybe, I don't know. They, they tried to trade him last year. Like they, they were willing to trade him. Had they gotten anything like halfway decent for him leading into the season? And then like, I just did, they didn't get any interest in him. So he stayed on the roster and he wound up being their best linebacker and still is. I think they should probably sign him to an extension. He's, you know, it's his age 26 season, you know, like a three-year deal, not something insane. Sure. Um, I think that would be doable. I don't, I think his side would agree to that coming off the, you know, UDFA. He's not, he's, he's barely made any money relative to right. other players in today's NFL. And uh, I think there's a deal to be made there. I think they should do that. I think he checks in a lot of boxes, not only in terms of being like a good player, but like, you know, leadership too. I think he kind of, you know, fills a good role mm-hmm. there. He's re- I think he's a well-respected player in that locker room. Um, and I, and that, all that matters. And 
I know you drafted Nicobe Dean, and I know you have Davion Taylor here, and they obviously signed Kaiser White to a one-year deal. But like, I don't know. I think I think he might be a worthwhile long-term piece. So uh, that's one I think to have on the radar. Maybe again as the season you know kicks up here. That's just another thing I've been thinking about. Play of the day. You already mentioned yours. It was the Reed Sinet throw yep. to Carrick Wheatfall. So that's really going to look funny in the play of the day standing <laughs> chart where I give each of those guys yeah. half a point. Uh, oh, no, and, I'm not giving the point at all to okay. Carrick Wheatfall. It's, so, he's just okay. uh, uh, he he just happened to be on the other. He was just standing there waiting for the pass okay. to be thrown to him. So I'm going to put <laughs> it's, one it was all Reed Sinet. point yeah. next to Sinet. Uh, and then I... I Put a play you already talked about. It was the play where Avante Maddox had really sticky coverage and a pass breakup on Quiz. Okay. He almost intercepted uh, Jalen Hurts on another throw Maddox did when he was covering okay. Quiz. I think that was the first rep they went on against each other. So really either of those plays could be the play of the day. I just feel like Maddox deserves some kind of credit here in the standing. So uh, I'm going to give it to him right there. And okay. uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Uh, I'm tired. Yes. Uh, long day today. Man, it was hot out there today. Pink. Like, I feel bad for the players yes. wearing those, you know, in full uniform pads. And then the linemen have that stupid guardian cap. By the way, a lot of good that guardian cap did for uh, Jordan Mylotta. Wow. And what Andre a concussion Uncle Test by you. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day off tomorrow. Agree with that. And to set up the schedule moving forward, the Eagles do have off players day off on Friday. They return to practice Mm -hmm. on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. usual time. And then they will have their first and only practice open to the public at Lincoln Financial Field on Saturday. Sorry, Sunday evening at starting at 7 p.m. Tickets are still available to that. I think they're only like 10 bucks and they go to Eagles Autism uh, Foundation. So if you want to go do that, it's your only chance. Make sure you capitalize on that while you can uh that's what's coming up here my final thought is i did get to see hoagie dom at today's practice jimmy uh shout out to dom for coming out uh and uh from what i heard was at practice because some high level people within the eagles saw his hoagies and were intrigued so you can't say who uh i don't know if i can <laughs> I think so. I don't think that's that. It's, uh, somebody likes hoagies. I don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you're <laughs> diamond anyone out on that. Scoop. Howie Roseman really likes hoagies. Ooh. So Howie himself. <laughs> I, this is maybe the most credit I'll ever have to give Howie. Is that you know who cares about winning the Super Bowl? He likes. He's a good taste in food. I give Howie credit. Um, brought the hoagie dom out to practice. You can check out hoagie dom on Instagram, Twitter. Very good stuff. Uh, there's a there's actually this is some synergy here eater.com which is a voxpedia property uh, wrote about him so you can check out the article about him i have that linked in my practice notes today so i wanted to give a shout out to him uh good dude uh really good hoagies uh do i have anything else to me i don't think so i have one quick thing so there have been a few people that have been at so there are fans at each of these practices there's just like i don't know like what'd you say 200 or so per day sure something like that um there and by invite i I believe i'm not sure exactly how all that works but i think they're like season ticket holders okay so some people have like tweeted at me that they saw me at practice and like say come say hi (laughs) like if you see me don't just like tweet at me later come say hi to me i'll say freaking coward well yeah well uh we'll chop it up a little bit I'm, i'm good with all that come on over 
maybe they were just being nice and like, you know, they, they saw you were busy and didn't want to interrupt or afraid you might've been busy. And I know you're saying by all means interrupt. Yeah. You're not too busy. <laughs> and it, it's a little more complicated than past years when the fans used to be able to stand to the same point the media did where yeah, the media yeah, stand a little ahead. It's possible, yeah. you know, they, they feel bad for like calling out and also maybe they're not like a hundred percent sure it's you. So they feel weird, like calling out. I'm just trying to give the listeners here excuses, but I do agree with Jimmy. Uh, if you see him, or me, uh, definitely don't be intimidated. We're not intimidating people at all. I mean, we're tall, but we're not like... Well, Brandon's we, intimidating. Brandon's like 6'9", so... I don't think I look mean. <laughs> Maybe I do. Uh, I don't know. But uh, definitely appreciate the listeners. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, as it is every year, covering a long training camp, having you along for the ride with these daily episodes. So we appreciate that. Leave ratings, reviews, subscribe, all those good things. Check out... Righteous Selling Craft Jerky by going to RighteousSelling.com. Check out, uh, and using discount code BGN20, sorry, for 20% off. Check out Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, who we didn't plug earlier, by going to RoachRealtors.com. We're calling or texting the following phone number if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house. 856-906-9295. She's the best. Voted as the number, the top realtor in the universe by God. That's right? true. So that's a true statement. Definitely yeah. check her out. Again, also, I will let you in on this little scoop. RoachRealtors.com, also free, just like RightsToSelling.com. doesn't cost you anything <laughs> to go to these websites. You can check it out. I I just came from Stephanie Roach of wow. Roach Realtors' house. Stephanie Roach of Roach Realtors was watching uh, my daughter while I was at the training camp a little bit today. Hmm. With all due respect, not as good as Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. <laughs> uh, just, just slightly not as we'll good. call them roughly the same. Okay. God ranked her number two in the universe. But it, it's a very time. close number two. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, you can check out my work, my trading camp notes and stuff at bleedinggreennation.com, Jimmy Kemsky at phillyvoice.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky. Check out the spellings of our names in the podcast description if that's confusing for you. Uh, you can check out the SB Nation NFL show which is certainly ramping up with league-wide coverage, including the Eagles. So you want to rate, review, subscribe to that as well. You also want to check out, I don't know, if, am I missing any plugs here? Probably not. Am I missing anything, Jimmy? I think that's it. I think yeah. that's it. I'm tired too, so I feel off my game. <laughs> but uh, we'll take the off day on Friday to get some rest, and we'll be right back at it on Saturday morning. So we'll talk to you all. I guess really on Saturday afternoon once the podcast is up for that practice. Goodbye, everybody. P G N. <laughs> <laughs>